it's Sunday morning, and it is what America calls Easter uh, here on the 21st of April, uh, 2019. I put a sentence up here. Easter, the goddess of spring, is in the top right-hand corner of the swastika. The swastika is the Big Dipper. Swastika was when Hitler brought it back. It has to do with the Bible. When Hitler brought it back from the Tibetan Buddhist, he had sent Himmler out his, what was before, he was a Nazi, he was a chicken farmer. He was ahead of the SS. That was Hitler's killing machine. And he wanted, he was looking for a people who were Aryan, A-R-Y-A-N, A-R-Y-A-N. He's looking for a superior race of people. Well, over the in, in among the Buddhists, the swastika is suvasti, and it means it is good. It was all about crops in the spring. It was about how they were going to eat. The big problem, and I've got it on the paper that I gave to you. This is a paper on Easter. And anybody that doesn't have these, come down here and somebody get these. One of each. Scott, y'all don't have any. Anybody else. Now, I've got on this front page, I've got the true meaning behind the ancient swastika. It had to do with everything that Israel was doing in the Old Testament, everything that God was displeased with. It was sun worship, and everything that they did in sun worship was pointing to the spring. Pointing to spring. And that was the resurrection of the sun gods in the ancient world. I've got it on your Easter paper here. And where Easter was, was here. Well, I'll put it right here. This was the natural state, was sinistral gyrate. The reason it was natural is because sinis is the word left in the Latin. And it gyrated to the left. That's with nature. With nature, you've got east to west. And what this is, you've got a, a place back there in the back. And you've got, and I'm going to erase this so I can put these on the board. It will show you all these days that the pagan world and Israel got involved in. Go back to the neck to the last page and you will see the swastika. And it's about growing, fallow, harvesting, planting, growing. Now this may not look linear to you, but their calendar was not linear. The swastika was the wheel of the year. It was actually the Big Dipper in four different phases. I'll just put these up here. This was Ostera. 
that is what is called uh, had many different names in the pagan world this was what this was what we took on called Easter and you say Jim isn't Easter in the Bible not in the original text it's not if you look on that back page that I gave you and at the same time turn over to Acts the 12th chapter Acts 12 I had people call me about this and say but Easter's in the Bible no it's not it's in the English Bible but it's not in the text the original text let's just read this real quick it's talking about Peter and uh, now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church and he killed James the brother of John with sword and because he saw it pleased the Jews he proceeded further to take Peter also then were the days of unleavened bread the days of unleavened bread was the Passover you can see that in Luke 22 1 now the Passover the days of unleavened bread are here which is called the Passover they ate unleavened bread for seven days and the Jews proceeded further to take Peter also then were the days of unleavened bread when he had apprehended him he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people there's the only place you got Easter in the Bible if you have a concordance turn to the last page you turn in your concordance you look up Easter it's only mentioned one time in the Bible and you get a concordance you get the number out of the concordance then you go into you go into the word study concordance it will tell you every time a word is mentioned how many times it's mentioned if you will look in the right down in the bottom left hand corner of that last page it says 3957 you see that that's the Strong's number now look at the words under that I've got all of them underlined for you and every one of these is Passover the word is Pascha P-A-S-C-H-A -S Pascha is the word Passover and look down there you see where I drew that little star down there by Acts 12 it's Passover 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 Acts 12 and 4 it's got Easter that's a terrible translation who did that the Roman Catholics were half of them the translators were Roman Catholics that is not in the original text the original word is not Easter the original word is Pascha Passover notice how many times Passover is mentioned in the New Testament see that 29 right there by 3957 that is that is how many times 
the word Passover should be in here, except they got Easter in there. Half the translators were Roman Catholic, and I believe they got their way on this verse. I know it's wrong. I just wanted to let you know that. Now, all right, let me give you these holidays. They're about the, what they thought, they thought the Big Dipper was moving. They would check the Big Dipper. Well, let me go ahead and put these down. Ostera is here. That's on the upper right hand. Now, sometimes it's drawn this way. This is in rebellion. This is the way Adolf Hitler wrote it in right there. The dextral gyrate. Sinus is the word left, where all the arms bend to the left. When we say sinister, that comes from left-handed people. Are you left-handed? Oops, got all these evil people. The Jews said left-handed people were evil. So God sends them a left-handed hero named Ehud that says he's left-handed and he's going to deliver you. He liked to show them up in their superstitions. Huh? What if you're half and half? Mary cuts my hair with her left hand. And does everything else with her right. I don't know if she does anything else with her left. I don't see how you can cut scissors. We, I can't do anything. I can't throw a ball from here to the wall with my left hand. It's like it's useless. <laughs> All right. This is this is right here. It's Lug, L-U-G-H. N-A-S-A-D-H. N-A. S-A-D-H. Going to run into this over here. And then there is, here's Mabon. Right here is Samhain. S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Samhain is what we call, it's pronounced Samhain. S-O-W-E-I-N. Samhain. And Samhain is, in fact, there was a rock group. They named themselves after that called Sam Hain, right, Dave? Yeah. Glenn Danzig was the leader. Yeah, who? Glenn Danzig. Glenn Danzig. That's Samhain. Uh, later on, they brought, that's at the end of the harvest. End of harvest. And they called it Halloween. Or all Hallow's Eve when they brought it into the Catholic Church. All Hallow's Eve. And then down here is Yule. These were all pagan holidays. Yule. This is what they brought into the church and renamed Christ Mass. It was the old feast of Saturn. Saturnalia. And you're coming to the winter solstice in here. Winter solstice, December the 21st, the longest nights of the year in this area. Then you've got right here, B-E-A-L-T-A-I-N-E. -E. You can study each one of these holidays. I've got a book by witches, and they don't, they don't have an imagination they go along with everybody else's imagination. They'll tell you that they do not 
worship Satan. They worship nature. Any good witch will tell you that. Beltane comes from the word Baal. Baal was one of the sun gods that Israel went after, and God punished him for it. Then you've got Midsummer. Midsummer. This is one of the fire festivals. And here you have Imbolg. And then you're headed towards spring. <coughs> you start going into the winter here. Their greatest problem was how are we going to eat? That's why God promised Israel in the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy. If you're obedient to me and keep my statutes and my commandments, then everything that you need, I'll fill up your basket, your storehouses, your fields will be full, your children will be born healthy, they won't be stillborn, they won't be dying when they're born. And he said, you'll go against your enemy one way, and they'll flee seven ways. Our God is the fertility God. Israel had turned to Baal and Grove and Shemosh and Molech, the fertility gods in the ancient world. If there's one day that's more important to the pagans than any other day, it would be Easter even over Christmas because that's when the crops came in. And God said, obey me and you will have crops. You don't have to go to Baal and Grove and, and all of these gods of the pagans and Israel did. They went after hundreds of them. Now, this is what this is. It's actually the Big Dipper. I'm going to erase that. You've got it on your paper there. I think that circle in the middle is pretty important. Uh-huh. The circle in the middle of that. The harvesting, What's that? Well, yeah, that's, this is not linear. What I mean, it does not come one right after the other. I'll go into that later. If you notice, you've got harvesting, planting, fallow, growing. You got winter here, you got summer up here. Let me put it on the board this way. Let me put this. They call this the wheel of the year, and it says so on the front of your paper. It says, uh, as many of you already know, the swastika symbol is far, far older than Nazis and was used at least 200 BCE, some of you may seem have, have heard that the swastika is called the sun wheel or the wheel of the year, suggesting that something be something to do with the seasons. And some may even have heard the swastika is an ancient symbol depicting the four seasons, summer, fall, winter, spring. That's exactly what it is. Let me put it on the board. If I can draw this, if this is an imaginary line, this has to do with Easter. The whole purpose was getting back to the spring. Now, right directly north of the earth is Polaris. Or the North Star. Now, the way the pagans looked at the Big Dipper, they would see it. Let me erase some of this. Somebody write that down for me. I'm going to have that as a title. There it is, Mary. You can write it down. Easter, the goddess of spring, is in the top right-hand corner of the swastika. I think that's good. All right. 
Okay. Yeah, let me move this. Their problem was food. That's everybody's problem. That's why they got so many restaurants. Now, if these are imaginary lines, here's the Big Dipper. I'm going to put it normal. A lot of times you won't find it. You won't find the, de the dextral gyrate, which is the way Hitler captured it and brought it into Nazism. That's in rebellion. You find it this way the majority of the time. This is, and one of the stars is off here. Now you got to realize, the Big Dipper is the way we see it. It's not the way God sees it. This star here may be uh, 5,000 light years from this star. Light travels at 186,000 miles per second. That's how far a star, a star can travel, 186,000 miles per second. If I say five light years, that means in five years, traveling at that speed, that's how far light can go. Well, I, I didn't put it on here like this. This is a sign of rebellion. I, the majority of the time, it will be like this. Now, Now go down here because there are seven stars. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven stars in the Big Dipper. In the Big Dipper. They said the Big Dipper gave them crops in the spring. The pagans did. Now let's put... All right. I'm not as good as they are. They're good at drawing these. Their whole purpose was to get back to the spring. They would go out at midnight every three months and they would look at the Big Dipper at midnight. June, summer, September, September, fall, going into winter, winter. Their great concern was getting through these hard winters and getting back over to spring so they could have crops. They had their crops growing in this time period here. And then they came to the end of the harvest here at Samhain. End of harvest. So they worshipped these gods. That was Baal, Gro, Shemash, Molech, Isis, Osiris. So their gods couldn't give them crops over here. That's what they're, that's what they're looking for. It's the same thing that I've given you many times. You've got the summer solstice, and I put it in the form of an angle. The brightest day of the year, brightest day, 
The longest day of the year was June 21st. This was called the summer solstice. Now here in Middle Tennessee, in summer, especially around the 21st of June, the sun comes up somewhere 6 o'clock, 6.30, something like that. Uh, five. Does it come up at 5? You know, because that's the time he gets up and goes to work. <laughs> about 5. And it sets about 8.45 at night. Comes up about 5. That is a long day. And then the sun, this all has to do with the earth. It has to do with astrological things, whatever that means. Astro is in the sky. That has to do with the earth is going around the sun. And you've got the earth tilted at 23, I believe it's 23 and a half degrees. And when it's tilted over here, the northern hemisphere is tilted this way. In the northern hemisphere, hemisphere, you are in the summer. And you are in the winter over here. And the earth is traveling around the sun. Well, this is what these people came up with. They thought... The Big Dipper was moving, and it wasn't. The swastika is the Big Dipper. That's what it is. You know how many things I got like this? Dozens of them in my library. Swastika's all over the place. It's crazy. You get a book called, um, it's a book on Adolf Hitler being a sun worshiper, and that's what he was. It's called The Twisted Cross. The swastika was called the Twisted Cross. Excellent book. I need to order another one. Mine's all to pieces. I meant to bring that. So as you're going through this ecliptic path, the northern hemisphere over here, it's going to be winter. And summer over here. And you'll go into the fall, over to winter, back through to spring where you got crops blooming. Now, I want you to look at something here on your paper. Go back here and look at I got it. I've got in here some interesting things. God had two witnesses in the Bible it takes two witnesses to verify every promise of God. Everywhere. You'll find those two witnesses in Numbers 35, Deuteronomy 17, Deuteronomy 19. Jesus told the Pharisees, In your law it is written that the testimony of two men is true, if they're honest, right men. And he says we have to have two witnesses to everything. Rebuke not an elder, but before two to three witnesses. You have two witnesses in Revelation 11th chapter. And the two witnesses, uh, the Bible says they're the olive trees of Zechariah 4. 
and in Zechariah, the fourth chapter, the olive trees are the two anointed ones that represent God in the earth, and the two anointed ones are the priest and the king. That's the two that were anointed in the Old Testament. And God says, we are priests and kings. We are the two witnesses. Don't have any time to go further into that. But you've got seven stars in the Big Dipper. You have another group of seven stars called the Pleiades. It means a heap of stars. A heap. Now when we can see the Pleiades, we see the Pleiades right as you're going into spring. At night you can count seven stars in the Pleiades. Seven stars. What does that have to do with anything? The rabbi said you have Pleiades which is the morning star. Morning star. And you've got the Orion, which is the evening star. What do they have to do with anything? Turn over to Job. Job, the 38th chapter. Now, Job had just stated, I am innocent. Elihu, even though he was speaking against Job, said something very truthful. Elihu said, whoever perished, uh, not Elihu, excuse me, he was a young preacher. And Eliphaz said, whoever perished being innocent, if you're innocent. Well, God had to correct all these three friends of Job. Uh, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. God corrected them for their putting the blame on Job. But look over here. God is confronting Job where he says, I am innocent. Look here right before Psalm 38. I'll get there in a minute. Job 38. All right. And God is correcting Job for saying he's innocent. So God all through this 38th chapter tells Job. He says, you can't instruct me what to do. Are you going to instruct God? Look at verse 19 of chapter 37. Teach us what we shall say unto him, for we cannot order our speech by reason of darkness in our hearts. We can't tell God what to do. Then he goes all through this 38th chapter, correcting Job. Look down here in verse 22. This is God talking to Job. Hast thou entered into the treasures of snow, or hast thou seen the treasures of the hail? I have. I did that. He said in the 37th chapter, God Verse 10, by the breath of God, frost is given. That don't mean frost on a, on a cool morning. That means ice is given. Then back to verse 23, which I have reserved against the time of trouble. I reserve my snow and my ice. They belong to me. The, 20, the 37th chapter 
said God talks to the snow. Be on the ground, says that. In verse 6, he says to the snow, be on the earth. He talks to everything. And you say, but that takes a certain amount of condensation and air increasing or decreasing in temperature. God says increase, decrease, and it does. Then he goes on to say in verse 24, By which way is the light parted, which scattereth the east wind upon the earth? He says in verse, in chapter 37, The east wind is mine, all the winds are mine, the strong winds are mine, the cool breeze is mine. I cause all of it to do what it does. Who hath divided a water course? I did, Job. For the overflowing of waters or the way of lightning, of thunder. God says the lightnings belong to him in that 37th chapter. They're mine. When they strike somebody or strike a building on fire, God did it. These two chapters, you talk about the sovereignty of God, they are full of it. To cause it to rain on the earth where no man is, why would God cause that? Do you think he likes flowers any less than you do? I think God likes his flowers, don't you? Where no man is in the wilderness, where there is no man, to satisfy the desolate waste ground. He said in chapter 37, it can be for judgment or it can be for the land so the people can have crops. To satisfy the desolate waste ground, verse 27 of chapter 38, and cause the bud of the tender herb to spring forth, hath the rain a father, and who hath begotten the drops of dew? I did, Job. Out of whose womb came the ice? Mine. And the hoary frost, the gray frost of heaven, who had gendered it and brought it forth? Nobody but me, Job. The waters are hid as with a stone, and the face of the deep is frozen. Job, canst thou bind the sweet influences of Pleiades and loose the bands of Orion? Gosh, what does that mean? If you're going to McClinic and Strong, if you got a set of these and look up Pleiades, We'll tell you all about what Pleiades did and what Orion did. The rabbis said that Pleiades drew the sap up into the vine. It caused everything to start blooming in the spring. God says, boy, this is so powerful. God says, I can bind the sweet, I can forbid the sweet influences of Pleiades. That's not the stars influencing your life. That is, God is saying, I'm going to use your terminology, Pharisees or rabbis. I will stop the flowers from blooming. The sweet influences is the smell of the apple blossoms, the new mown hay in the spring. I'll stop that, God says, and bring famine. That's the sweet influences of Pleiades because that's what the rabbis said. And he said, I can loose the bands of Orion. Orion was said to be the evening star and we know that 
the sap goes down at the end of the harvest. At the end of the harvest, when you're here at the winter equinox, or the fall equinox, that's when you get from 12 hours in a day, 12 hours a night. Equinox means equal night. Equal night. 12 hours a day, 12 hours a night. That's when dark starts taking over. The next day, you may have 11 hours and 54, 56 minutes in the day and 12 hours and 4 minutes in the night. And dark takes over at the end of the harvest or at Samhain here. And your heart head into winter. Does this have to do with the Jews? Everything. And Orion was said, God says, I can loose the bands of Orion. I take the sap down in the spring and I cause it to stay there. God says, here's what I'll do, Israel. I will, in the middle of January or February, I'll bring a freeze and then I will loose the bands of Orion in the middle of, right at the 1st of February, after a hard freeze, I'll cause warm to come in. He's loosing the bands of Orion. I'll cause a warm front to come in. Then I'll hit you with a hard freeze. Come two or three weeks into the spring. I'll kill your crops. You don't have any idea what that means unless you get a clinic and strong and read about Pleiades. What does that have to do with us? We had no prayers last year. Yeah, we didn't get any prayers last year. So if, if you're going to buy fruit, don't buy anything from Florida. That's insane. Always make sure your fruit comes from California. California oranges are sweet. Florida has cold fronts come through there, and when they do, it makes their fruit sour. Do you know the hotter that you have in a fruit area, the sweeter the fruit? Have you not figured that out? I will not buy oranges from Florida. No way. I go in and say, where's your California oranges? That's why. And they'll have years that they'll have a freeze in upper Florida or halfway down, and the prices go through the roof, and they're not even good. Did y'all women know that? You knew that, didn't you? Did you know that, Judy? Huh? You know it now. <laughs> so, you got two sets of witnesses. The Pleiades, God says, I'll bind them. And you got this, and how many stars are in the Pleiades? I've got I've got a picture here. Down here. There are seven stars and Pleiades in it right here. It's got the shape of a tent. Seven is a number of divine refinement in the Hebrew. Seven. You got seven stars. What's so funny is you got eight festivals. One. Two, three, four, five, six, 
7, 8. Did you know that the Eucharist of the Roman Catholics has got eight points on it? And Roman Catholicism comes out of comes out of paganism. I could go further than that, I won't. Now, and you got eight festivals, but it's the seven stars that brings two witnesses. One, two. Two witnesses in the scripture. Turn over to Amos, the fifth chapter. Amos, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micaiah. If you get over there, right after Hosea, Joel, that comes right after the major prophets, Daniel. Now look here in the fifth chapter, Amos. Chapter 5. For thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel, Seek ye me, and you'll live. Hosea is preaching against Israel for having gone after all these fertility gods that's going to give them. They imagined it was the Big Dipper or this swastika. It's not the swastika or the Big Dipper that gives you, gives you crops. It is your obedience to God. It's not our superstitions. Verse 4, For thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel, Seek ye men, you shall live. Seek not Bethel nor Gilgal. You have to study the scriptures to understand Israel set up idol worship in Bethel and Gilgal. Bethel, house of the Lord. That's what God named it when Jacob came to that place and he saw these angels come walking up and down that ladder into heaven. And he said, we're going to call this place Bethel. Beth meaning house of El. House of God is Bethel. And they corrupted it by setting up Baal and Grove worship there. Don't seek Bethel nor Gilgal. They did the same thing in Gilgal. When they came to the... When they came to cross the river to enter Jordan and they crossed somewhere in here right above the Dead Sea... The first town they came to was Gilgal. It's right in the center of Israel. God would always say, go to Gilgal and wait for me, Samuel, or uh, Saul. And he went there and he didn't wait for God. He said, wait seven days. I started to say, seven is the word Sheba. Sheba is the word seven. It is a derivative of the word Shabua, S-H-E-B-U-A-H. Shabua means to take an oath. Now, you don't take an oath one day, not just because you say it. When you promise, like I did, and I was in the hospital, and God was killing me in my mid-40s, I said, Lord, from now on, I'm going to serve you and tell all the truth to all the people all the time. And I started with the doctors and nurses dragging around my IVs. I had one in my right arm, one in my left arm, right up here in this hospital. Just, uh, I was about 45 years old. And that's when I began to take an oath. Peter said, besides all this, give all diligence, add to your faith, 
an ad. It's not an invitation. Epi C H O R E G E O. Epi means to cover your life with the choreography of God. And he names seven things. It's a dance. The Jews had a dance at all of their festival. They called it Haggadah, not to be confused with the commentary, one G instead of two Gs. They called it the Haggadah, and they would dance in a circle, and they called it the circular dance. I got a book, a Jewish book called The Circular Dance. It's called actually the Sacred Dance. They would dance in a circle. They would kick and sing Haba Nagila. That was a circular dance. And God has given us a dance, and this is an imperative mood. He says, every one of you have to dance this dance. We don't have to follow the Big Dipper or the swastika. We don't have to follow man's traditions. Now, look here. Let's finish reading. Seek not Bethel, nor enter into Gilgal, Pass not to Beersheba, for Gilgal shall surely go into captivity when I have northern Israel carried away into captivity. And Bethel shall come to naught, because she's gone after idolatry, worship. Seek the Lord and you shall live. Boy, that is good enough for me. Lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph. What is the house of Joseph? Northern Israel, the ten northern tribes. Ahab was the king at one point. He married Jezebel and brings her gods. Her father was Ethbaal. And she comes in from what we call Lebanon or Tyre and Sidon. She marries Ahab down here. Brings all this fire and tree worship into Israel in the 16th chapter of 1 Kings. And so God sends Elijah and says, there'll be no rain for three and a half years. How do you like that? Elijah says, I'm out of here. And he goes and hides in a cave for two and a half years. Let's finish reading here. Seek not Bethel, nor enter into Gilgal, and pass not to Beersheba. For Gilgal shall surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall come to naught. Seek the Lord, and you shall live. Let's fire break out in the ten northern tribes of Israel. Joseph's second-born son, Ephraim, had inherited all of Israel's inheritance. So he was the head of the ten northern tribes. The inheritance was in northern Israel through the house of Joseph or his second-born son, Ephraim. That's why Amos and Hosea are preaching against about northern Israel constantly. And devour it, and there be none to quench it. You who turn judgment to wormwood and leave off righteousness in the earth. Seek him that maketh the seven stars in Orion. Don't seek the seven stars. That's not going to help you one bit. God used their cultural idiomatic sayings to show them this is just the earth moving. It has nothing to do with how you're going to serve God. We've got his word here. Serve him according to his word. Him that maketh the seven stars in Orion and, and turneth the shadow of death into morning and maketh the day dark with night, 
that calleth for the waters of the sea and poureth them out upon the face of the earth. God will give you rain. He'll give you crops. The Lord is his name. I'm going to read a couple more verses. That strengtheneth the spoil against the strong, so that the spoil shall come against the fortress. They hate him that rebuketh in the gate. I used to look for the gate of the city. Did you know that? I didn't know where it was. God told Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, Jeremiah. And I formed thee a prophet unto the nations. He said, go preach in the gates of the city. I knew I couldn't stand out here on a street corner and yell at the cars going by. That wouldn't do any good. There's a nut out there. He called me the crazy street preacher. I kept looking and I found out that public access TV, which you can go on for free in most towns, you've got to have insurance to cover you against uh, fraud and against people suing you. So we have to pay over $5,000 a year just to be on TV in any city. So don't think you just go out there and do that unless you're willing to pay the $5,000 and get you some equipment. I believe the gates of the city are public access and lease access TV. That's what we're on all over the country. Lease access is fairly cheap. Most public access is free, but you've got to have the equipment. And people have to want what you're looking for. I found that public access TV is made for grace and truth ministries because everyone who believes in predestination, everyone who believes in Christmas is pagan, they're looking for somebody to teach them. Did you know that? Everybody's looking for it. That believes these truths and when they run across it on TV, I've had people call me and say, I've been looking for you all my life. I didn't even know what I was looking for, but I recognized the truth when I heard it. Jeremiah preached in the gates of the city. God would say, go to the dung gate. That's where they'd sell dung. Go to the fish gate. That was on the east side of Jerusalem. That's where Nebuchadnezzar came in and attacked Israel from. The Bible says that he came from the fish gate. The fish gate because it's closest to the sea. They had a sheep gate where they sold sheep. God said, go to the gates of the city and preach judgment to this people. And Jeremiah, I'm not going to save them. I will not hear your prayers for Israel. You're a preacher of judgment. That's what I believe I am. A preacher of judgment. And it's sometimes, it's not fun. So, don't seek the seven stars in Orion in order to get crops. You know what the morning star was? That was called. The Pleiades was called the morning star because you can see it in the spring, in the early morning. Look over here. Look over here in in First Peter. First Peter. All right. All right. First Peter. I'll get there in a minute.
Uh, not First Peter, excuse me, Second Peter. All right. Look at verse 19, chapter 1. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you, will, you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in the dark place, until the day dawn and the day star, or the spiritual Pleiades, arise in your hearts. We have the spiritual Pleiades, and what was Jesus called? He was called the morning star, wasn't he? He was the bright morning star over in Revelation. Look over here in Revelation. He said, if you're obedient to everything that I say, look in Revelation, the second chapter. Verse 26, he's talking to the seven churches of Asia. Oh, by the way, the seven churches of Asia, you've got a copy of it, has the exact same pattern as the Pleiades in the stars. Do you think that is some accident? When you look at, I gave all of you, I got this, huh? No, it's probably a tent. It's a tent. The church, when Israel left Egypt, when Israel left Egypt, you can get some of these here, they went into the wilderness and they dwelled in tents. And they were called the church. The church was with Moses in the wilderness, the Bible says in the seventh chapter of Acts. The church is the called out Church Ecclesia, E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A, comes from Ek and Kaleo, means called out. They were called into the wilderness to live in tents. The Feast of Huts was the Feast of Tents or the Feast of Tabernacles. It all had the, it was called the Ingathering. All those are titles for Israel in the wilderness. Now, you can read about, you can't read the depth of Pleiades. By the way, this article comes from the World Book. You find that in middle school libraries for young kids about the this right here. I had a lady across the street from me. She called me one time said, I got some books. She wanted them. I said, yeah. One of her and she gave me an entire set of world books. And I was looking in here and I saw this. All right. When you look at... Well, i got to find my... When you look at the... Now, I've got a copy of the stars up here. I didn't make you a copy of it. Here's the seven churches of Asia. Look at the seven churches. Second page. It has has the exact same 
the same? How in the world could God have had these churches organized exactly where they're organized? I drew the, I drew the tent. How could he have it organized where it looks exactly like the Pleiades? How? Well, you're talking about proving the sovereignty of God. That does, doesn't it? And I didn't even know this was in that world book. But a view of Pleiades from earth, a view of the seven churches of Asia from heaven's east. And they're the same thing. Seven, Shabua, the queen of Sheba was the queen of seven. Shabua means to take an oath. Takes, it takes a lot of fire to really, and persecution and tribulation, to take an oath to God. And that word Shabua means to seven oneself. Now that's, to me, that's one of the most amazing things that I've given you this morning. If anything proves the, see if I've got that, hold on a second. I've got it right here somewhere. I think it's right here. I wish I'd have kept that out and given y'all a copy of it. Hold on. It's a picture of the Pleiades in the stars. Why would God talk about the Pleiades in... Well, I got it here. It's an actual picture taken through a telescope of the seven stars, and it has this exact shape. Now let's go back here to Revelation, the second chapter. He's talking to the church at Thyatira. Do I believe I've dug up everything on these, these things that I can find? No, not by any means. Verse 25, you'll find the seven churches in Revelation, the second and third chapter. Each one of the churches has a glitch or a failing, and it has to be corrected. The first church that's mentioned in the first chapter was Ephesus, and the Bible says Ephesus has left its first love. It's first agape. That means Ephesus had fallen away. Agape is walking in the commandments of God. Walk after the commandments. This is love, Second John 6, that we walk after his commandments. Ephesus had quit walking after the commandments of God. I guess so. They had two preachers there that were trying to shipwreck the faith, Alexander and Hymenaeus. And the Bible says these two need to learn not to blaspheme. But 
How could they learn if they're not believers? If they're not elect, they couldn't learn not to blaspheme, could they? And then when you get over into Second Timothy, Hamenaeus had joined himself to a man named Philetus, and they were preaching a doctrine that ate like a canker, and there were two young preachers. I tell you what you've got to watch out for. If God's called you to be a minister, watch out that your ego don't get involved. It'll get you messed up real bad. Let's read on here. He that overcometh, that word overcometh is so important. Overcometh. Let me erase this over here. Overcometh is the word nikao, N-I-K-A-O, N-I-K-A-O. That is the word overcome. The word victory is the word N-I-K-E. It looks like Nike, and that's what it is. It's pronounced Nikkei. It's the word victory. What does the Bible say? The victory that overcomes the world is in the fifth chapter of 1 John. Even our faith. Faith is what? Death to self. How do you overcome all these people? You just die and you don't care what, what people say about you. You take your cross. You tell people the truth. You don't try to convince them of anything. God's elect will hear. We don't, what makes it easier on us, when you believe in predestination, you don't have to convince anybody of anything. You just tell them. If you don't repent, you'll perish and die in your sin. If they are one of God's elect family, if they've been chosen before the foundation of the world, they will hear somewhere in time. Maybe not today while you're talking to them, but they will be affected by the truth. Why is that? Because sheep love sheep food. That's why. My dogs love dog food. I don't have to say, now China, you eat that food. She's gobbling it up while I'm saying that. They like sheep food. Goats like to eat tin cans. Had a guy come here one time. He said, they cut a goat open. He had some tin cans inside of it. Or tin. Been chewing on it. They don't want sheep food. Sheep want it. So, Faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hupostasis, H-U-P-O-S-T-A-S-I-S. That's what faith is. It under, it is under, hupostasis means to stand. And if you understand, you're learning. You're a learner. That is the word disciple. And disciple is the word mathetes. Mathetes, we get our word mathematics from that. If you're going to go by the Bible, you've got to do the mathematical rules. And the first rule is a daily cross. The Bible says, He that beareth not his cross and followeth after me cannot be my learner, my disciple. You can't be a follower of Christ without dying. If you're going to be a follower of Christ, 
You got to be willing to say the truth and don't worry about where it falls or how it falls. I will say the truth to anybody at any given time. And you know what that has done for me? <sighs> Made me free. The truth will make you free. The reason you don't do that when you're young is you're afraid of upsetting your friends, your family. I will upset your family. Just call me over. I've upset, I've upset mine. I won't be mad at them. I'll say, well, that's just not true. You cannot accept Christ. If somebody says, I accepted Christ, I say, no, you didn't. If you want to hear why, I'll tell you why. Because when you're dead in sin, you can't accept anything spiritual. 1 Corinthians 2.14 well, I prayed the sinner's prayer. You did not when you were dead in sin. You're telling me you called on God. How shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? Belief is the method of salvation. Now, where was I? Let's get back over here. So there is a spiritual Pleiades. We will get the fruit that God wants us to have. And what is that? Who is, let me, if we have the spiritual morning star, the fruit of the Spirit will be ours, then Galatians 5.22. We will have the fruit. It won't have anything to do with crops out here. It won't have anything to do with pears and apples and oranges and corn. Now let's finish, let's keep reading. He that overcometh. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Victory. Faith is the noun. This is the noun. Overcome is the verb. Anytime you find overcome, it's the same thing as faith. Or it's the same thing as victory. And the victory equals faith. And faith equals death to self or daily cross. All right. Now let's keep reading. He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto this end to him will I give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers. We will rule with a rabdos, R-A-B-D-O-S. That's a ruling rod. It's the same thing as scepter. A scepter is what a king rules with. And the Bible says we will rule in the kingdom of God, and that's in us. The way we rule people is with a scepter of righteousness. That's in Hebrews 1 and 8. Righteousness is not, that word in that verse is not the normal word for righteousness. The normal word for righteousness is the word D-I-K-A-I-O-S-U-N-E. It means what is equitable or equal. That's a, what is equal? This equals this over here. And it comes from the word D-K, D-I-K-E, 
which is the Greek word right. You say, I don't know if I should be doing that. Well, if you don't know if you should be doing it, quit doing it. Do right. That's what righteous is. That's not this word. The Bible says we rule with a scepter of U-T-H-E-T-O-S. Euthetos. What does that mean, you rule with a scepter of euthetos? It comes from you and Tithomai. The Bible, it means there, you means well. And Tithomai means to level. To level oneself. We have to have a good leveling toward God. You don't bow to the world. You have to bow to God. I've given the illustration so many times. I used to sell real estate in this town for 17 years. I was down here at a real estate company picking up a key back somewhere in the late 80s. And I was working for one of the companies down the street. And this fellow come out. And he was a retired master sergeant out of the Marines. Kind of a big shot in the Marines. He's always real loud and boisterous. And uh, I said, hey, how you doing? Well, there was about three plastic women over there waiting for their clients to come in. Plastic, I mean, synthetic. They look synthetic. They always have a big smile. How are you? And it's so wonderful to meet you. I like you and your dog and your house. Everything's wonderful about you. <laughs> Trying to sell you something. Watch out for flattering words. The man that flatters you is setting a net for your feet. The scripture says. But this fellow come out and I said, how you doing? I feel great. I feel wonderful. I feel good. He was trying to show off for these women over here. I said, oh, well, you must have Jesus in your heart. And he started cussing. I said, well, I can tell you don't have Jesus in your heart by what's coming out of your mouth or out of the abundance of heart. The mouth speaks. And he said, oh, i got to get out of here. And well, he wanted to turn around and turn around and nearly run out. That's how you rule the world with the word of God. They don't even want to stand and talk to you. Tell somebody Christmas is pagan. And they'll fight you. Next time they see you, they've heard from some uh, TV documentary on the History Channel that Christmas was paganism. And that comes out of the same thing we're talking about here. And, he, and they will have heard about it. And they see you that next time they're going, and you're about 30 feet away. They say, oh, hi, Jim. It's good to see you, but I have to run. They want to stay away from you. That's how you're ruling people with the scepter of righteousness. You don't have to get angry at people. Just tell them the truth. If they're elect, they'll hear. If they're not, they won't. You don't have to get them to say a prayer of any kind because they can't pray while they're sinners. But they will pray after they begin to believe. Now, let's finish reading here. He shall rule him with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken in pieces. The Bible speaks of breaking in pieces and scattering abroad. The word peace, E-I-R-E-N-E, -E, in the Greek, means to bring together into one. That's peace. Peace. 
To break in pieces means to destroy or crush. Now let's read on. And this man that overcomes, I will give him the morning star, the spiritual Pleiades. And who is that? Huh? I can't hear. That's right. That's right. He says that. He says that over in Revelation, the 22nd chapter. He says in verse 16, I, Jesus, this is in red letters in a red letter Bible, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things unto the churches. I am the root and offspring of David. I am the bright and morning star. I am the spiritual Pleiades. You will have all the spiritual food you need when you follow my commandments and my law. Don't follow these seven stars. Follow him that maketh the seven stars. And Orion, don't follow the swastika. People look at this and say, there's a Nazi on TV. No, you're the Nazi. You're celebrating Christmas. That's a Nazi. Now, this is supposed to be about the resurrection of Christ. It's not. I want to show you something over here. Look over here. I mentioned it earlier. In Second Peter. No, excuse me. Second Timothy. I'll get it right in a minute. Second Timothy. Now, people talk about Jesus being resurrected from the dead. I've got it in your Easter paper here. This is all about the goddess of spring. She's supposed to resurrect her son, Tammuz. I've got it in here on the bottom of the second page. Geisler, who is a historian, very last paragraph, speaking of the Eastern Church in the second century in regard to the Paschal Passover observance says, there is no trace of yearly festival of the resurrection among them. They did not celebrate Christ once a year. Speaking in reference to the Christians, for this was kept every Sunday, the first day of the week. They met on the first day of the week. The day of the Lord marked the weekly return of the day of resurrection. They did not do this once a year. There was no such thing as Resurrection Sunday once a year. Resurrection, the common word, anastasis. Anastasis is the word resurrection. It means to come to life. After dying, to come to life after dying, anastasis, every time you find it, it is feminine gender. Being feminine is not talking about the resurrection of Jesus. It's talking about the resurrection of the church 
as often as they die, Anastasis coming to life after dying, well, how often do we die? First Corinthians fifteen twenty nine. We die daily. How often do we take our cross? If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. We have to be doing this daily. So our resurrection in Christ should be every day. Look at, you know what a one-time resurrection is. A one-time resurrection can be summed up in two words. God saved. Well, I only had to resurrect one time. I got saved one night. Christ resurrected me that night, and I ain't never had to resurrect since. You're kind of stupid, you know that. You preach the doctrine of Hymenaeus and Philetus. Look over here. In look over here in in Second Timothy. There were two men. Timothy was pastoring the church. Right here. Ephesus. On the very coast. Very coast. Of. This is the Aegean Sea here. Here's the Adriatic Sea. And the Aegean Sea. Ephesus was right there on the coast. Hymenes and Philetus. Was preaching. Get saved. There's no such thing as. Get saved. Do you get saved? I got saved. Did he get saved? You going to get saved? They got saved. It's a dumb statement. Saved is the word sozo. It means to be taken from one point all the way to another point and to be preserved and protected from all kinds of fire and trials through the entire deliverance. What he's delivering in you is the inner man. He's not going to deliver this fleshly man. You don't get saved. And that's what, that's what Hymenaeus and Philetus were preaching. Look here. All right. 2 Timothy 2. Verse 15. Study to show thyself approved. Study. Spude. Or spudazzo. It has to do with with great speed, making a great cut. You have the subject here. Cut the sentence up into its parts of speech. The verb here. You either got the predicate nominative or the direct object here. Find out what the parts of speech are and what they mean. You can't turn a verb into a noun, even though the translators did that, or a noun into a verb. They did a lot of that. The King James Bible is not the inspired word of God. That's what I use. What am I referring to when I'm referring to the Greek? I'm referring to the Textus Receptus. There was no English 2,000 years ago. English has been in the making for about 1,200 years in a developmental process. Wasn't any here in the first century. That's 2,000 years ago. They spoke a different dialect of the Greek street language. And they spoke some glossa foreign <coughs> languages. Now, let's read here. 
Study to show thyselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing, make a straight cut, show what part of speech it is, if it's a subject or a verb and so forth. If you hadn't studied your how to diagram a sentence, that'll help you a lot. Go back, I'll tell you what you do. Go find an eighth grade English book. Eighth grade, you know, nobody studies all the parts of speech in those books. Nobody. And it'll tell you, you might find a seventh grade book that'll tell you how to do it. You're smart enough to study a seventh grade English book, aren't you? If you are, get one. And it'll help you. But shun profane and vain babblings, jabbering. For they will increase in the more ungodliness. And then he tells you what the vain babblings of Hymenaeus and Philetus were. And their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus. It will eat like, here's how this get saved one night will eat as a G-A-G-G. R-A-I-N-O-S. This will eat like a gangrene. I got saved one night. That's just not true. I used to have all these places where I'd claimed to have gotten saved. I had to grow up and study the Bible. I stayed confused all the time. My father just confused me to no end. Don't you think, though, that people want a ritual? Well, they like rituals. They like something to remind them of a time where they think they know when they got born again. Does anybody here remember the day you were born? I'm talking about in the flesh. Why do you not remember? You were too young. You were a baby just being born. I can't remember when I started believing God. My father would say, you got to walk the aisle and accept Christ. Pray this sinner's prayer. I did that about eight or ten times. He kept dipping me in water. And I was frustrated. Had to grow up and study the Bible to find out my father was wrong. God rest his soul. That's what's wrong with you. It's because I, I, was, I was crazy. You're waterlogged. Yeah, I was waterlogged, yeah. All right. Now. There is a spiritual Pleiades. And their word will lead us doth a canker of whom is Hymenaeus and Fletus, who concerning the truth have erred. And here's what they said. That the resurrection, Anastasis, coming to life after dying for all Christians, is past already. The word past get on my, is a perfect verb. A perfect verb, what does that mean? That means that this is a present condition due to a one-time past action. The night they got saved to let Jesus come into their heart. They're presently conditioned 
Their present condition is due to one time that the anastasis was one time in their past. And that eats like a canker among believers. Anastasis resurrection was one time when they got saved and that's all the dying and resurrecting they had to do. And that's what Hymenaeus and Philetus was preaching. Why do you think when you see that Ephesus had left its first love, it was people like Hymenaeus and Philetus and Alexander and they had Hermonogenes and Phygelus. They were there, false teachers there with Timothy at Ephesus just raking and stirring things up that's why you see that first church at Ephesus in the second chapter of Revelation is messed up got all them false teachers in it we've got some here and I'm glad they've left now I gotta finish something I didn't finish a while ago how much time to have Mike I never do get through this You've got the summer solstice, June the 21st. That's the longest days of the year. Longest days. Being the longest days, the sun is going into the earth. We're going around the sun. And the sun is here. Well, the sun, as it heads over to the winter, coming out of the fall, and as it comes over here, everything, the sun seems to be getting darker. Sun's getting darker, and you hit the the fall equinox equal night and dark takes over that's where the pagans started instituting all of their sun gods They're, they had evil gods they had good good gods and bad gods the gods of the underworld, what's really amazing, it's not hard to see. When the end of the harvest comes, then it's considered that evil gods, uh, Pluto, that's not a dog, uh, that's a god of the ancient world, Pluto, Hades, Styx, there's another rock group, isn't it? That was a rock group, wasn't it? Sticks. They just went down these evil things, named themselves after these people. You can learn more listening to the old heavy metal groups than you can preachers. Then you get down to the winter solstice, longest nights of the year. The longest nights, here in Middle Tennessee, the sun comes up I don't know, 7, 7.30. And it sets around 4.45 in the evening. 
and you're driving home in the dark, aren't you? That meant something to them. They said, the sun's burning out. We got to do something. So they took the feast of Saturn. Saturn was the father of the gods. From the 17th of December to the 24th, that's the, called the Saturnalia. Or the feast of Saturn, the father of the gods. They wanted to appeal to Saturn to have their son in various cultures. It was a different name, but they were all the same. I brought that out in this in this paper on Easter. I brought out that uh, that here in that third paragraph. Uh, God preaches to Israel about their tree God in Jeremiah 10, Isaiah 44, uh, Jeremiah 44, and he goes back to the Babylon, the mother of harlots, Revelation 17 and 5. This system began at Babel. It was a deification of Semiramis, the mother of Nimrod. Now, some say that Semiramis was a common title for all of the mother of the gods or the queens or the queen of heaven. And the male deities were mythological incarnation of Nimrod as the virgin-born sons, Tammuz, Mithra, whose birthday was December the 25th. And you can get that out of McClinic and Strong. You look up Mithra, it'll say, in M volume, it'll say the most celebrated of all of their holidays was Mithra's birthday, December the 25th. The reason for that was the sun was going to start waxing old, waxing bigger, and it had to have a birthday, so they took the day after the 24th, the 25th. It was given to Mithra when the Roman Catholics, or Constantine, brought it into the so-called Christian church, the Roman Catholic Church. He gave them the birthday of the unconquerable son, which was December the 25th. That's paganism. Jesus is God in the flesh. He died to save sinners, but the Christ mass has nothing to do with him. He was born in a manger, a virgin, but so was Adonis. You can look at the Golden Bough by James George Frazier. He'll tell you all about these pagan people. I don't know, I might have one up here. Is it up here? I don't see it. I got it somewhere. Uh, look at Huh? I don't see it. May have it at home. But, well, I started to say something. And Hercules, Baal, Addis. Oh, Addis. Addis is spelled A-T-Y-S. A-T-T-I-S. Or A-T-E-S. These are all the same. This word A-T-E-S is the same word in the third chapter of Genesis, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The word tree is A-T-E-S. They simply took the tree and named their male deity, and he was the head in what we call Turkey. We call that Turkey, it was called Asia Minor. And Attis was up here. He was in Pergamos, and he was the 
serpent god of the Pergamum Empire, which is another long story. Well, I was going to tell you this, and I ain't going to get to it if I don't shut up and get on with it. Every culture had their form. The Celts, mostly in England, they were other places. The Celts had the end of the harvest that was sowing. Samhain or whatever you want to call it. The end of the harvest and then they go in the worship of their gods. You get the feast of Saturn that was in Rome. Then you get among the Franks and the Franks are the French. They had what they called they had the they had a festival for their god in the middle of winter and they had it from the 7th to the 14th of February and it came on the same day every year because they had their 360 day year which most people went by including the Jews and on the 14th that would always end on Tuesday it was the same thing in a different culture as the Feast of Saturn or as this All Hallows Eve and, in, and then on the 15th they would start mourning for their God and they would mourn for 40 days until they got to the March 25th. And that was called, that was when Tammuz was resurrected in mythology in the ancient world by his mother Ishtar or Ashtar all different forms of the same name Ashtar or Asherah Asherah is the word grove in the Old Testament, the tree goddess, and Ishtar, the mother of the gods, and we get the word Easter from that, was resurrecting Tammuz in the spring. You know what that was about? It was about the crops dying back here. And they said it was evil gods, Hades or Styx or Pluto, that took this sap down and that it would be a good God that resurrected it in the spring, and that would be Easter, Ishtar. <laughs> and this is the truth. You may think, this is all crazy. It's not crazy. This is the customs of the people are vain. They're worthless. They won't do you any good. Now, I've got that verse in here. I may just come back and go through this next week. I'll get back to my original subject that I was in before Easter. I can't preach all this in one week. There's just too much to it. It's about the bad gods are taking our crops and the good gods are going to come along and overcome the bad gods. They had good demons and bad demons in every society. They had good genies and bad genies. Demons were the deification of their ancestors. They just raised up Nimrod and called him Hercules and called him 
Jupiter and Zeus and so forth. The list goes on. They're all the same thing in different cultures. It's crazy. And that's what, when the Bible says the customs of the heathen are vain, they're worthless, all this eggs, what do eggs have to do with Jesus? I could read you an article on Easter out of his lot. The original Easter eggs were red. And they said that the ark was a giant egg and life came out of the egg when Noah and his family came out. I got something else to say on that. I, I don't have really time now. I'm just running out of time. But here's the thing. The Roman Catholics brought this morning for Tammuz into the church and called it Lent. The 40 day where you give up something, you're going to give up Brussels sprouts because you, you don't like them. 40 days, and they brought in that Wednesday that comes after. It comes on the 15th, and they call that Ash Wednesday. And then 40 days later is March the 25th. That's exactly nine months before the birth of their sun god on December the 25th. That's where all this comes from. It don't matter whether you like it or not. You know how much studying I've done on this? More than anybody in America, I'm absolutely sure. I have studied for decades. I mean decades, night and day on this very subject. Because this is everything that the Old Testament is about. This is why God scattered them all over the earth and didn't bring them back to May 14, 1948. And this is why they're fighting over there in Israel. And this is why the World Trade Center came down. Boy, that's all in one sentence. I don't know what to do about trying to help people see this. Mardi Gras, Easter, Christmas, and Halloween are all the same festival among the ancient world and different cultures. Same thing. They're just simply commemorating the death of the crops and the resurrection in the spring and say it was all the gods that did it. And when you read in Hosea, the second chapter, Hosea will say that Israel was giving their gods credit for the oil, for the corn and the wheat. And God said, I did that. I'm out of time. I'm not even halfway through this. I'll come back next week. We'll resume the Easter story. It has nothing to do with Jesus. You tell somebody that, tell the smartest uh, scholar in town, the smartest theologian in town, well, we think it's uh, something that honors Jesus this time of the year. And he's a stupid man. He's ignorant. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for truth. God, I try as hard as I can to get this message out so people can see it and what it's really about. God help us to live right. 
Get us away from these traditions of men. Fight our battles. We'll praise you for everything that you do, even when it don't feel good. In Christ's name we pray, man. Read that Easter paper. That'll tell you a lot about it. Okay. Yeah, hanging in there. Hey, Tim. How you doing? Hey, Ben. Hey, Jim. Did you, get one them, did you get one of them Easter papers? I got or? this one. I did not get this one. Okay, that's really good there. Need it. Thanks. That's uh, yeah. all I need this. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. That was great. Did I give you a card? Nope. I hadn't. Well, here, let me give you one. I, I forgot whether I did or not. One. That's a fifty dollar card. Thank you. Okay. I love you, Rusty. Love you too. How long has Christopher been taken from you? Huh? How long has Christopher been taken from you? Uh, just a few weeks. Is he? He's doing real well. That's good. Had a real good the last class I had with him real good class. They're out of town today and tomorrow, I think. Excuse me, sir. Okay. Let me get my stuff together. Hey, Gwen, how you doing? Okay. Okie dokie. I love you too, man. What are you doing? Some hands cut, please. You want some gum? Here you go. You want some gum? You want to take your sister some? Take both of them some. Hey, Zacho. How you doing? Take one of them Easter papers. Huh? I mean, that might need to grab two for a friend. I got a couple of friends talking about Easter. Okay, well, go ahead. Take whatever you need. Hey! How you doing? That's what it's about. Hanging on to the Lord. Come. Get what? Get through each day. Yeah. It's what life's about.